This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. This is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. Hi, and welcome back to Main Corpse. You hear me talking, so that's terrible news for you. It's a me story. Why is that terrible news? Because my stories are always the ones that leave everybody all icky inside. I don't know. I feel like my last full length was pretty icky. You know what? That's fair. Yeah. And my next one is also going to be icky. And then the one after that might be icky, too. And then I've got another icky one. Never mind. Go ahead, though. Oh, my gosh. Are you just trying to show me up for the new year or what? I am not. I have decided to turn over a new leaf and leave cults alone for just a couple months to let them piss me off a little more, and then I'll come back and get them. Okay. That makes sense. You know, let some of the heat cool off before they, you know, find Mm -hmm. our families. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's fair. Something weird might happen. (laughs) Well, anyway, welcome to the show. Today, we're going to try Mia Margarita's Coal-Fired Pizzeria, and I'm so excited. One, because I love Italian food, and two, because I know what this focaccia tastes like, Mm -hmm. and I... I'm not even here for the focaccia. I'm here for the dip. Yeah, the dips <laughs> look amazing. So um, I'll go over. I'll, you want me to go over the food items? Let's do today? it. Okay, cool. Because we're gonna we're gonna switch things up a little bit today. So today we ordered um, their focaccia, and you normally just get one sauce with it. And I was like, I know us, and we need all the sauces. Yes. So I got all the ones that looked really good to to me, and I knew the Kalamata one would be your style. So one is a Kalamata dipping sauce. One is a Gorgonzola dipping sauce. What is a garlic aioli? The focaccia looks amazing. I also got, what are they called? Nunnies meatballs? Nunnies meatballs. And can you explain what's in that? Because I think you have the menu pulled up. Because it's got like cheese and everything. I don't know. Nunnies meatballs are served with ricotta, fresh basil, parmesan, and crostini. And that's the little breads that Mm -hmm. are sitting here just soaking up this really gorgeous sauce. Yeah. And I know that the idea is to take the crostini and put the meatball on it, but this meatball is the size of my fist. It's huge. There is no way. (laughs) And honestly, for the price, it's $9 for this order of meatballs, um, I believe is what it was. You can double check that for me, but I think it was $9. Incredible value for the amount of cheese, sauce, bread, giant meatballs. The focaccia was relatively affordable. Um, Really cool. And then we also got... Some cannolis, and what do they have in them? Pistachio. Pistachio. Um, So Brittany actually picked that because she loves pistachios. I do too. So I'm really excited to give it a shot. So where do you want to start? Let's start with the focaccia. I am 100% in on that idea. All right, and I'll start with a dipping sauce I haven't had before. Okay, and I'm going to start. I haven't had any of them, so I'm going to start over here with the Kalamata olive. All right, I'm starting with the garlic aioli, and it smells amazing. It's so good. Um, This Kalamata olive dip, when I ordered it, I genuinely expected it to just be kind of like an olive tapenade. It is not. No, it's an aioli as well. It's an aioli. So, wow. Okay, let's do the garlic now. And you're doing the gorgonzola? The gorgonzola. Look at these massive pieces of blue cheese. Look at that. So far, the olive is my favorite. Um, The the garlic aioli is good. I'm not blown away by it, but I like it. I mean, it's literally mayonnaise and garlic and... Looks like some other spices okay. in it, but... The gorgonzola is going to blow me away, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming here. The Kalamata aioli is just... I don't know who came up with that as an idea, but they shouldn't have to work anymore. That gorgonzola is my style. That's very good. I think um, that would be really good, like, 
on a buffalo chicken salad. Dude, all day. Yeah. But this Kalamata olive is amazing. It's so far up my alley. Like, mm -hmm. now let's talk about this focaccia itself. Really quick, before we yes. do that, one of the other dippers you can get is their marinara sauce. I'm oh. going to try it in the marinara from the meatballs really quick. Sure. Just because that's technically a fourth sauce we can try. All right, let's do it. Mm. That is well-seasoned marinara. It really is. And you can still taste the tomato. So it's mm -hmm. still got that nice acidic tomato taste with just the right amount of spices in it. I also um, feel like it's a really excellent texture. It's not like oh, yeah. way too smooth and it's not... See, I would love big like honking pieces of tomato in it but some people like just sauce and that's fine your your husband would be one of those people has he come around more to the chunks of tomato or is he still um he he picks them out when i make the okay sauce. see um if i'm ever over and you guys are making that he can just throw all the big chunks of tomato over to me well you'll have to fight millie for it because oh, she also yeah, likes she tomatoes loves tomato okay you know? so and let's... i will not i'm not gonna fight millie okay dang Let's talk about this focaccia. It is nice and airy and chewy, and it's got cheese all over it. And the texture, I feel like it's just perfect. It really is. Uh, so, it's... and the flavor, it's a really good bread. Yes, it is. It's a little, for me, for a focaccia, on the dry side. I can see that. It needs a little more oil. It doesn't have the oil like you would expect, like all over it, the way you would bake it. But my guess is they're putting this in their coal fire oven mm -hmm. to bake it. So that sounds a little bit like an issue with the fire department. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So that's like fair. But also, yeah, I'm going back in for dips. Yeah, I already did. Real talk, the entire reason I ordered it the first time was the Kalamata aioli. Correct. And that is every time I've ordered it since was the Kalamata aioli. Brittany was going over because she was ordering it in the car while we were driving. Because I knew we wanted the focaccia, and I had mm -hmm. decided on the meatballs. That was, you decided the focaccia, I wanted the meatballs. Brittany actually picked the cannoli. Um, once they said, this is one of the better items we have, we were like, okay, let's go with that. Um, because I was just going to let him pick basically whatever mm -hmm. and this is apparently one of their house specialties the meatballs so sounded perfect to me so that's the one i went with um but that focaccia when she was going over the sauces she got she was like which ones do you want and i was like well you can only get one so read through them and let me pick at least one out and she was like kalamata i was like stop there and just go ahead and choose it yeah and we'll get the other ones too um they have more that i am now very interested to try because there's not one of these that's bad no, not at all. I feel like the garlic aioli is really nice, but I think it would go a little bit better like on a fried green tomato BLT. Agreed. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, however, regular BLT. <laughs> if you're one of those people that's like crazy for like the Papa John's dipping butter sauce thing. I am that person. That is right up your alley then. Come on. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's good, but I think it makes more sense as like a sandwich sauce. I get it. No, I get that. And it would be, it would also be really good. I, I feel also, like. Like, I can't justify eating that like a soup. Yeah. And I, I would actually. <laughs> that's. <laughs> did you just to admit me... to drinking the Papa John's no, garlic pack like soup? I, I didn't. What I admitted to was the entire reason for this focaccia bread mm -hmm. is so I can scoop the Kalamata one into my face. Okay. And it is just a vessel. 
Okay. I will drink this like a soup. Okay, is what that, I am okay. Saying. I thought you were saying, and I was about to say, we need to stage an intervention if you're drinking <laughs> the Papa John's. Gar- I was like, no. I'm gonna, we're going to stop recording. I'm going to go get the family, and we're going <laughs> to we're going to be like, we all we're here because we love you. All yes. Right? Yeah. Um, no. If there's anything left in the little tub, I don't like okay, finish right, it off. Good. This won't last the night. <laughs> That's fine. You. This is now yours. I'm going to move that out of the way. So excited. Because as I eat more of this, I'm definitely going to be having more of that gorgeous. Have it all. Okay, perfect. Me and Brittany will tear this one up. Okay, so now the meatballs. Okay. So I'm going to start off um, over here on this side of mine where there's no cheese. And I'm just going to try the meatball itself. Just going to try the meatball. Then I'm going to try everything with it. So the crostini itself is not like seasoned in any way. Which I feel like is probably totally fine. But I was wondering if it was they did like a garlic. Ooh, that is an excellent meatball. I like the texture. It's not as um, soft as I'm used to for the area, which is amazing because gross. Yeah, I hate soft meatballs. Okay, and I made a little like hors d'oeuvre kind of thing on top of my crostini. So here's what I've done so far, just to let you know. I tried just the meatball on its own. Mm -hmm. Then I tried the meatball with the different cheeses on it. I haven't gotten into the crostini yet, which is what I'm going to do now. Um, This might be winning my favorite meatball in the area right now. Because that is a, that's a damn good meatball. Um, It's flavored just right. It's not too salty. It's not too plain um it's not too spicy or anything like that um just a very very good down the middle meatball uh bordering on being great i mean that's a really good meatball you could try Um, it on spaghetti i feel like it would be oh you know (laughs) there's a place in the area that does um like their italian style peppers yeah and they send their meatballs out like that really I would die for this if it was that way. Okay. Like, All this right. is a hill I would die on, okay. these meatballs. Um, I'm not originally from this area, and the Italian peppers and stuff never really got me. It's not the Oliverio's peppers, if okay. that's what you're yeah, asking. Okay, I'm not I'm not going to talk shit on anything. But, um, not great. But let me try this with the crostini. That crostini just has a little drizzle of olive oil on it, and it seems like they toast it. I feel perfect. like I'd like it if it had, like, garlic olive oil on it. I think it's perfect for this application, though. Like, it's just good as a delivery method for a meatball. This might be the most I've ever sat and ate on one of our shows. I know. Brittany's going to cut all of this out. Mm-hmm. Get a little more of that cheese and sauce up here. Yeah. It's fantastic. Have you had their wings? I have not, but I almost ordered them today. Their lemoncello wings are amazing. Are they really that good? Mm-hmm. We almost got them. We almost got wings. I really considered it. The focaccia, the meatballs, outstanding. I mean, like, freaking amazing. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, we should have probably gotten a knife. Well, um, Brittany wanted the crunch, and you know okay. what it did was exploded on me. All right. So that's okay. We can work with this. Oh, it's really good, though. Um, Maybe not the one that's garlic aioli. <laughs> um, I'm going to pull a little bit of that off. Okay. So. Do you want the piece that's just, you know, on my arm? No, ma'am. I'm good. All right. All right. Let's give this cannoli, <laughs> these pieces of cannoli a shot. All right. Let's go. I don't like cannolis. I don't. I think they're stupid. I'm going to say something really that's probably going to get me shot. It's a dumb Italian dessert. I don't like them. There are definitely better Italian desserts in my mind. That said, 
This is a damn good cannoli. It's one of the best I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. So are you getting something kind of citrusy out of it? Or a little. I, it, I think it's just the pistachio. This? Okay, it might just be the pistachio. I don't know. It could just be where my fingers crushed it into oblivion. Man, I was like, yeah, this is going to be so good. What a nice little snap we're going to have. <laughs> it's literally on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> This is amazing. Okay, so cannoli, not my favorite dessert. This cannoli, damn good. Um, that's a really good cannoli. I, I, This is really good. I'm shocked that I like this cannoli. Mm -hmm. um, I actually like it so much, I feel like I would get it again. Me too. I like it that much. And we have a whole nother cannoli sitting over here uh, that Brittany is going to have. And we may have to warn her to watch how she uh, crunches into that. Because uh, you guys can't see the table right now. <laughs> but uh, this cannoli literally exploded. <laughs> it went everywhere. Well, I tried to snap it in half. Um, I think if you bit into it, not like a barbarian, you'd yeah. be all right. Overall thoughts, this is uh, some of the best Italian food in this area. 110%. And uh, we didn't even get what their their namesake is for. Uh-huh. The wood fire. I, I tried to avoid it because I have had their pizza before, so I was and trying to get some stuff. You know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it right now. Their pizza is damn good. It, it, it is really good. When I've had it, the few times I've had it, I did like it. Um, I need to try some more of their toppings because I think maybe the toppings I chose the first few times I didn't love as much. Their pepperoni um, is I see. I haven't good. had their pepperoni. I had their margarita pizza once because I I like a margarita pizza sometimes. You know um, what? You know what? No, if the if the chefs or whoever is in charge of writing their menu, probably the chefs. <laughs> I'm laughing as Matt like yeah. tries to pull cannoli off the microphone. Um, <laughs> Did not work. It's still there. No, I have a <laughs> I have a rant. Okay. They need to bring. Their grape and gorgonzola pizza back. Um, they had a grape and gorgonzola one. I know Pies and Pints has one. I don't care. It's Pies in Morgantown. It's outrageously good, though. It is outrageously good, yeah. but it's in Morgantown. This was literally down the street from me. Mm -hmm. And it was grape and gorgonzola, and it is so freaking good. Yeah. And they took it away and they put it on the menu with something that has prosciutto on it. Prosciutto is really good, though. Fight me. I was here for a vegetarian pizza. <laughs> Also, the rant is while I hold my chocolate-covered hands in the air so I don't get them all over my computer. So, uh, we should probably take a super quick break so that you can <laughs> clean off your hands and we can clean this up. <laughs> and we'll get to our story in just a second. But, again, uh, me and Margarita, through the door, amazing food. I don't like the chocolate sauce that they put on Go top get of the cannoli. <laughs> Go try it. I like the hard chocolate though, because it's got like a it's got like a, a solid chocolate. Then it's yeah. got the uh, the drizzle. I agree. The, the I think the drizzle better. the drizzle is just like a basic ice cream. Like correct. Yeah. Like the Hershey's squirt mm -hmm. bottle. That's what it. it feels like. They may make it in house. I'm not sure, but don't know. Um, don't like it. Everything else outstanding. Go give them a shot. Uh, they bill themselves as the only coal fired. Uh, pizza place in West Virginia. I don't know if that's true or not. If you know of another one, get a hold of us. We'll try that one too. Because I feel like we'll always try pizza um, or pizza places. So yeah, let us know. I was going to say, how many have we had on here? A bunch. Yeah. Yeah, we've had quite a few. All right. So the great uh, cannoli explosion of 2023 has been wrangled in. Um, it has. 
That might be my favorite moment that's ever happened on this show. Uh, the look on your face. When it ex- we both looked at each other like, what in the hell just happened? <laughs> there's cannoli um, on the game board. Yeah, there's cannoli in, in here on our D&D game board. So, um, amazing. All right. So, it went literally everywhere. We are going to be cleaning it up for weeks. But we also have an episode to get to. So, um, what do you got for us today? Okay. Um, I think you're actually going to know what I'm talking about as soon as we start to get into it. Okay. Um, so, be prepared. Maybe you've seen some stuff that I haven't. And if you haven't, <laughs> buckle up. This is a wild ride. Joseph, or Jose Farto, was born in Key West on July 3rd of 1919. I'm going to call him by his last name because, one, it's very funny, and two... Um, multiple sources that I looked into either said Joseph or Jose, and I think the people saying Jose are probably being racist, but I don't know that for sure. I haven't seen the birth certificate. Okay. Anyway, he was born to his father, Juan Fardo. Juan immigrated in 1902 from Spain and opened the Victoria Restaurant on Duval Street in Key West in 1917. It had 70 seats and advertised seafood a specialty and meals served at any time. The location of the family business was next to Fire Station Number 1, and it proved instrumental for young Fardo as for his future career, and it would also set the stage for the saints that Fardo would call upon for protection later in life. Initially, he grew up in Old Town on Fitzpatrick Street, but his family eventually moved to Green Street, which was, like, right beside the restaurant. He was the youngest of three children and grew into a precocious child, a natural smooth talker who spent much of his boyhood hanging around the firehouse located across the street from his father's home. He developed a reputation for being able to charm the firemen into slipping him their spare change. His cheeky behavior earned him the nickname Bum. And Fardo, to his enormous credit, leaned into it proudly, adopting the moniker for the rest of his known life. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, it's and amazing. thus, Bum Farto was born. Oh, Bum Farto. You know, <laughs> what the hell? Okay, sorry, go ahead. Juan Farto died in 1937, and then his restaurant sold for $2,500, which in today's money equates to somewhere around $53,000. And it was sold to a man named Joe Russell. Russell relocated his bar from across the street and brought a new legacy to the location by serving drinks to Ernest Hemingway. Amazing. And changed the name to Sloppy Joe's Bar. That's amazing. And when you mentioned where they were and the time frame they were, I was wondering if he was going to come into this. So, very interesting. That is the only time he comes into this. Oh, no. I was hoping we hear more. Okay. You know what? That can be another episode, Matt. If you want to look into it, Matt. Their relationship? Like how they knew each other and ate at, what What was the name of the bar again? Uh, Sloppy Joe's Bar. Sloppy Joe's Bar. I'm That's sure. an amazing name. Yeah. I'm, I would have a beer there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it still exists in Key West. No way. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll look into it. So as a young man, Bum started in the firehouse as a nozzleman, and I Googled it because I didn't think you'd know what it was either. Um, it's the person that stretches the initial lengths of the um, hose out. 
and opens and operates the nozzle and also determines the pace of the fire attack and directs the nozzle. I would have guessed it was the person who directed the nozzle. That's what that but that's all I would have guessed. You know what, Matt? Nozzleman sounds like the guy holding the nozzle. Correct. Yeah. But I looked it up to be very specific. And the fact that you don't appreciate that about me. No, I do appreciate it. I appreciate it. The level of sass. Do you guys hear how he talks (laughs) to me? Um, So by 1964, he had worked his way up to fire chief. Um, He was known for preening on praises from his colleagues and the citizens of Key West. He also eventually um, earned a reputation for having a taste for attention, but also being hardworking and a vivacious public figure. Two years after he became fire chief, a unanimous city um, commission would recommend that he be fired after allegations that he was misusing department funds. And I genuinely believe he was. Yeah. I (laughs) I believe it. I've only heard a little bit about Bumfardo, and I absolutely believe it from what I've heard. So, Well, anyway, a civil service board chaired by his nephew ruled to overturn the verdict, finding Fardo only guilty of threatening to fire one of his employees. Instead of a dismissal, they recommended that he only be suspended, and 30 days later, he was back in the firehouse. Nice. Okay. Despite all of the legal trouble, he remained a beloved eccentric public figure in the eyes of the civilians of Key West. He was known for his trademark leisure suits, which were often red, um, his flashy gold chains that he wore, and um, literally colored rose glasses. Nuh-uh. This Mm -hmm. guy's amazing. Yes. Um, He enjoyed being recognized as he drove around town in his luxury lime green sedan. Um, the license plate read El Jefe. <laughs> oh my god, yes. And it was outfitted with a golden eagle hood ornament. Okay, I would have hung out with this guy. I absolutely would have been like, hey, let's let's have a beer. <laughs> All right, let's have a shot. I, I think everybody had beers with Bum. I'm, yes. I'm sure of it. Um, and as he was never one to shy away from attention, he became a fixture at local baseball games. And... At one point, he was granted permission to drive his neon green sedan on into the stadium, and he assembled a Santeria shrine on the fender for luck. And that Santeria shrine remained on the vehicle after the game. He started driving around. This with man it. drove around with a sh- with a Santeria shrine yes. on the fender of his Correct. car. Correct. Okay. This is this gets better and better, and I'm gonna have to go look this car up. The number the number of times. I have literally stopped while working on this and been like, Michael, this is the most absurd thing I've ever read in my entire life. Did Michael appreciate it? He forgot. Really? I was working on it before we started recording today, and I said that again, and he goes, what are you talking about? I have no idea. Like, okay, cool. He'll remember it after this episode, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years into his reign as fire chief, the naval base in Key West closed its doors, and that had an immediate effect on the economy um, because it dropped the population significantly. It um, actually got to the point where fishermen were pulling up what they called square grouper. Do you know what that is? Uh, no idea. 
It's a nickname for bales of marijuana being smuggled from Colombia. I feel like I've heard that before. Okay. Uh, And it also became insanely easy to buy drugs in Key West. Um, People even started sporting shirts and bumper stickers that said, Smoke smoke Florida Seafood. Amazing. I know. I want the shirt. We I need, think that would be hysterical. Yeah, we need to show up to a uh, to, to an event in Florida wearing that. Smoke Florida seafood. Yeah. Um, so the influx of marijuana and ease of buying drugs in Key West encouraged dealers to add cocaine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it became an island favorite, which made its dealers even more brazen. And they started dealing in public. Um, a former assistant prosecutor commented that to Key West residents, selling marijuana was really no different to them than selling shrimp. That's outstanding. It's something. Um, So that made it extremely easy for an eccentric public figure to get into the drug game. Now, which which public figure might that be? I would I would hazard to guess it was Bumfardo. Yeah, did he have a car with a Santa Maria shrine on the fender? Yeah, um, that's him. Okay, and then he very swiftly became busy earning his extra cash by narco trafficking. Wow. He sold both marijuana and cocaine from his favorite bench in front of the firehouse. The drugs being trafficked through Key West were so extreme that the governor at the time sought help from the Broward County State Attorney's Office. Their findings launched a six-month investigation that led to the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, the Florida Department of Criminal Law, and the, I think it's pronounced Dade County, mm-hmm. um, organized crime bureau to get involved. I don't want to tell you how I know that it's Dade County, but I'm going to tell you. Um, have you ever seen the Reno 911 movie? I have not. Um, it's amazing, and it takes place in Miami. So, um, yeah. So nice. they talk. Yeah, they talk about it. So thank you, Reno 911, uh, because now I know how to say hard words. <laughs> So, there you go. So, the investigation itself relied heavily on an informant by the name of Titus Walters. He was a man who had been a junkie for years. Using um, Bum's proclivity for garish things, Titus introduced an undercover cop to Bum under the guise that he wanted to buy an ounce of, one ounce of cocaine. In exchange for... Are you ready for it? Yes. A large gold and diamond ring. Of course. This makes total sense. <laughs> I don't know Bum, but I understand him. It tracks. It yeah. does. Um, Fardo alleged, allegedly told him that he would be contacting Manny James. I love that he just drops names like nothing. He would contact Manny James, who was a city attorney and the adopted son of the police chief. To finish the deal. James um, had made a name for himself as the attorney for Key West's upper echelon of drug dealers. That said, I would, like, I wouldn't be dropping his name like that. That man is buddies with all of the insane drug dealers. Like, come on. (laughs) What are you doing, Bob? So, you know what I've noticed? Everybody from this time frame that was into dealing drugs and stuff like that just got to the point where they were so brazen about everything that like all basically all they had to do to catch them was decide they wanted to catch them that's that's all they had to do yeah well bad news for walter his cover as an informant was blown and a few days later he was found dead in a bathtub having been injected with a mix of heroin drano and battery acid 
but he also had two bullets to the brain. Well, yeah, you have to make sure, you know? Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, after a minor delay, and not one to not want that ring, Fardo acquired the cocaine, and the deal was conducted at the firehouse, and they caught it on film. They filmed him doing it. Astounding. This is my favorite part of this entire story. Are you ready? Yes, I am. 28 FBI agents arrived a few days later. They checked into their hotel, and for some reason, they didn't think not to wear suits and ties, and the hotel concierge thought it was strange enough that he asked about it, um, because they were in Key West, and why would you be wearing that? Um, So to cover for their error, they explained to him that they were all martial arts fans and were here to watch a karate match. (laughs) What? I'm just here for karate, all right? I'm not... (laughs) Holy shit. It's a very formal affair, this karate match. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So the next day... (laughs) What? I know. Okay, sorry, go ahead. So the next day, the FBI patrolled the island in unmarked vehicles and began snatching up local drug dealers straight off the streets. And this was much to the horror of the regular civilians. And they began calling the cops because they thought they were literally witnessing kidnappings. Because they were. Because they were. That's a kidnapping. It's not even a legal kidnapping, I don't believe. I don't think you can do that. I'm pretty so, sure you can't. Yeah. <laughs> they're just driving by in these SUVs, and, like, I imagine it's, like, a van, and they're, like, sliding the door open mm-hmm. and just whomp. <laughs> hey, get in. I don't want to. Get in. Too like, bad. Get in. It's amazing. So, this, this was the 60s, so I guess it was fine. Agent, um, agents took each of the drug dealers by surprise, including Bum Fardo, Manny James, um, a man named Manuel Curito, and Artie Crespo. Bobby Marin Francis was already in jail for another charge and was later charged and arrested for the murder of Titus Walters. A man named Ortega, who was also involved in all of this, managed to bail himself and others out, including Bum and James, and Bum hired James as his lawyer. Astounding. First of all, how is any of this legal? It's not. It does it does not feel legal to me. Something <laughs> about this feels be. very illegal. Well anyway, they <laughs> they get in front of the judge and the jury and the whatnots and they convicted Bum in thir- in less than thirty minutes. <laughs> in less than thirty minutes. Oh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, while out on bond, he told his wife that he needed to make a quick visit to visit a friend up in Miami. Rented a car and left Key West. Smart move. Um, yeah. Except that's jumping bail. Whatever. Mm-hmm. No biggie. So anyway, three weeks later, his wife called the police after exhausting all of her own leads, but Bum Fardo was never seen or heard from again. A little over a month later, the rental car was found abandoned in Miami's Little Havana area, and even Jimmy Buffett got involved by going on stage wearing 
a white shirt with red lettering saying, where is Bum Fardo? I've seen the shirt and I want it. Now I know what it means. Okay. So conspiracy tinged rumors swirled around Key West following Bum's disappearance. Some believed he escaped to Costa Rica or Spain, while others assumed he was done away with by the mafia or Colombian kingpins to prevent him from implicating them because... He implicated James immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he so, folded. I get he it. folded like a. He, he folded didn't even quick. fold. He didn't know that he was being arrested. He was just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get in touch with this guy, and this is his name. This is my dealer's name." He didn't even have to fold. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. You can't really call it folding. That's nuts. Okay. Yes, and e- even some people, even some people believe that his dedication to Santeria may have been involved. And he was eventually declared deceased because he it was they used it for probate purposes so that whatever he had he could get like could be given to his wife and kids. And though his estate was divided, Farto is not dead in the hearts of law enforcement officers who still plan to prosecute him if he is found alive. A side note, he would be over a hundred by now, if we find him. But um, this is such a good quote. As far as the state of Florida is concerned, there is a warrant outstanding for his arrest for failing to show up for sentencing. If he is ever found, we will proceed with our case. And that was state attorney Kirk Zulch. The names in this area are just amazing. And I love it. According to court records, Fardo left about $2,000 in insurance policies. His wife um, could also collect his city pension of about four to five thousand dollars, um, Mrs. Fardo said she had been surviving on a monthly check of two hundred and thirty-one dollars from Social Security and supplementing that through babysitting and baking cakes. She said, "You can't imagine what I've been through. No one knows." She and Fardo had been married twenty-one years when he disappeared. They had no children, but Fardo did have, and still has, I assume. No, they would also be well over a hundred. Um, two sisters. Juanita Valiz and Maria Bowden. Mrs. Fardo said she has never heard from Bum again. While no one knows for sure what actually happened to him, his desk, cigar ashtray, telephone, chief hat, and all uniforms are still on display at the Key West Firehouse Museum. Some people also believe that his ghost resides inside. How do you feel about that, Matt? Your face tells me that you feel very interested in seeing this ghost. I do want... If I ever make it down there, I'm definitely going to go to the fire station and check that out. 100%. I'm I'm for sure going to do it. Um, And I do want to go down there someday because of the Hemingway ties. Um, But with that being said, um, yeah, I don't think there's a ghost in the case where where his stuff is. I do want to wear his Bumfardo shirt, though. There may be a ghost in that. that that's true. The ghost You're of right. Jimmy Buffett's career. And to end this on the best note possible, in 2021, the story got turned into a musical. Oh, my God. Featuring 18 singers, <laughs> dancers, and actors performing a 14 song and dance number. In styles ranging from salsa to Carolina shag, and it even included a tap dancing square fish, which the nickname given to the floating bales of drugs that often washed ashore in the Florida Keys. And that is all I've got for you on the legend that is Bumfardo. A musical with a dancing 
Square fish, correct. Square fish. Yes. Smoke the Florida seafood. I... I feel like that last part makes me irrationally angry and I need to calm down. I a tap dancing square fish. We're ending our podcast by talking about a tap dancing square fish. Um, yes, we are because it's hysterical. And if you can't I, appreciate that for me, I listen, I appreciate it. I thought I was literally She showed me pictures from this uh from this musical, we need to go see it, right? Is yeah, it still, for sure. Is it I still hope out so. There anywhere? Is it touring? I'm sure. No, <laughs> I doubt it. I'm sure we have to go to Key West for I'm this. I'm sure we will. If anyone wants to pay for us to make a trip to Key West to cover the musical and the food that is uh, that is uh, you know that is found down there, we will do it. Holy shit! Do you shit. mean the Florida seafood? The Florida seafood. Yeah, right. we can go smoke some Florida seafood and watch a tap dancing square fish. Listen, if you don't think that this photo is enough for me to add that little tidbit there at the end, you are wrong, sir. You need We need to put this photo up when this episode airs um, because it's astounding. We're going to. No okay, worries. get that to Brittany because we need we need it put up. All right. Um, that was amazing. And I was prepared for something significantly worse because I have something significantly worse planned for the next episode. So I guess I'm going to have to be the, the You weirdo. get to be the bad guy I now. I do. Yeah, you're doing the fun <laughs> stories and I'm doing all the sad ones. Um, <laughs> all right. Anyway, anything else to add to this? No. You guys can find us on most places where you get your super awesome podcasts, but also us. Contact us at maincorpsepodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook because we are bad at technology. We're millennials. And stay creepy. Stay creepy. And, uh, you know, tune in next week for more exploding cannolis and tap dancing square fish. I mean, I feel like the cannoli really set the tone. It for really did. That cannoli, had I known <laughs> that that was a harbinger of what I was about to hear, I would have strapped in better. All right. Stay creepy, you weirdos. Stay creepy.